You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The New York Yankees have made a second major league trade in the month of April because that screams we know what we're doing. Mike Talkman's in San Francisco now. Congrats on surviving the Jay Bruce roster shuffle. We traded you anyway. We're going to break down our thoughts on that because... It broke at 6.40 before 7 p.m. game, so it's been weird to process it. In that same game, Kyle Agashioka gets the promotion. Gary Sanchez sent to the bench more often than ever before. We're going to break that down. And Corey Kluber looked like a major leaguer for the first time in a long time. He definitely found himself Tuesday. Good start or Orioles lineup. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. That's something we'd be happy to answer, and we would be more than happy to answer it after a win. Before we move on, this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. I got my Cacao Bliss. I got the frother. I got the special cup. It feels good to do good, and a warm milk with the Cacao Bliss is the way to go. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. They blend it, not me. I just drink it. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, 
friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. Everybody wants to feel better and be less inflamed as we re-enter the world post-pandemic. There's no better way to do it for the last eight years and a leader in the superfoods market, and they're proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We are offering up to 15% off when you use the code MINUTE15 at earthechofoods.com slash minute media. That's MINUTE15, earthechofoods.com slash minute media. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Why is Mike Talkman no longer on this team? I don't know. Uh, people are mad about it. I think rightfully so. Why are why shouldn't people be mad about it? Um, I think the I, I guess the the initial outrage of people just flipping out because the Yankees made a move and it didn't make sense on the surface was annoying. But um, you have to understand that fans are mad because Talkman's value peaked already. He we Brian Cashman watched his stock plummet over the last year and a half and then decided to sell low and get a reliever in, in Wendy Peralta, who has a career 4.72 ERA and 1.49 whip. Not very good. The value here with him comes with the option. So he'll be able to uh, be shuttled between the alternate site and the major league roster whenever they, you know, someone hits the IL or they need some innings eaten. Um, so if that's the value that you're looking for to get for Mike Talkman, it's just simply not, it doesn't, it doesn't look that great, especially because Mike Talkman was a 3.7 war player in his 87 games in 2019. He was very much like the Yankees got him for peanuts. They, who was the prospect they traded? It was like, uh, it was like Phil, num- Phil deal. Yeah. Phil, yeah. Who ended up getting uh DFA'd and he ended up with the reds this off season and they traded yeah. some cash to the Rockies. So they already made out like bandits with this trade the first time around and then decided to hold on to him when they already knew that they were going to have this outfield. The outfield was always over the last two or three years going to be Clint Frazier, Aaron judge, Aaron Hicks and Brett Gardner. So yeah, I mean, theoretically, Mike Talkman was an injury replacement slash fifth outfielder. But then this year, he actually carves out a decent role for himself himself coming off the bench as a defensive replacement, which we'll take because the Yankees defense isn't great. And he's been really, really good as a pinch runner. I know things that don't seem entirely valuable on the surface to the average fan, but the Yankees have had problems on the base paths and problems on defense. So like, why not have him on the roster instead of Tyler Wade, who doesn't do either of those things, particularly like above average. Um, So fans are mad for the very reason that they hung, they hung on to Mike Talkman for way too long. They had a chance to get a, maybe a back end starter or a decent reliever in return for him last last off season. And they didn't do it. Um, and then you want to talk about a friggin' player pitcher you could option to and from the alternate site. The Yankees like Garrett Whitlock go to the Boston Red Sox in the Rule 5 draft. So it was already there. They already had it. I guess Wendy Peralta could come in handy down the stretch uh, because he is a lefty. But, you know, if you if we really want to get into the advanced stats and like what we see the in terms of the potential with his slider or his soft contact rate, things I don't care about because he's been in the major leagues for a decent while now with not much to show for. Um, and I don't know how he fits on the right. He's been in the major leagues for six years. He's nine and nine, 4.72 ERA, 1.49 whip, 158 strikeouts in 192 and two thirds innings, innings of relief. Um, I just 10 games this year, 5.4 ERA. And we're just talking about the projectability of his slider as a, as an almost 30 year old, like, come on now. 
Like this is just a bad move because of the value that Talkman ended up bringing in his reserve role and call him a fifth outfielder, call him a replacement level player, call Yankees fans irrational for calling this out. But like you said, two major league trades, clearly not really a plan in mind for the Yankees because we had always figured that at this point, we're hanging on to Mike Talkman because his, his uh, peak trade value already passed and there was never a plan to acquire Rugnet Odor. So I don't know what's going on. Fans, I think, are rightfully mad and people who are calling it out are, are just clearly, I don't know. They're, they just want to be contrarians, in my opinion. There's no way Rugnet Odor, the Yankees were like, after the season started, we're like, we should go get a cleanup hitter. Oh, let's go. But yeah, we don't have one of those. Let's get Rugnet Odor. And same thing here. It was like, are we going to take Jay Bruce North or Mike Talkman North? And then after Bruce made the team after Voight's injury, the Yankees were like, that was never at, like you guys said that we didn't say that we were always going to lean Talkman. The only reason Bruce is on this team is because he's needed now. And we were like, okay, great. Got it. That makes sense. Because why would you surrender a controllable asset like Mike Talkman? You had a couple dissenters being like, it doesn't make sense to carry five left fielders, Gardner, Stanton and Talkman. And it's like, on the surface, no, that doesn't make sense. But Frazier was pulled in the late innings of most games this week. Talkman was playing a lot. Uh, Gardner was starting. Frazier was struggling. Stanton's not a left fielder. So when you say it in a whiny voice, then yeah, of course, it doesn't totally make sense. But there were a lot of reasons to keep Mike Talkman on the roster, especially over Tyler Wade. Uh, and we said when the Yankees signed Gardner, like, makes perfect sense to give Brett Gardner a farewell tour. But if he's, you know if his addition bumps Talkman off the roster with all this, you know, controllable year in year out, then it doesn't make sense. And lo and behold, end of April, he's gone. Yeah. Okay. Out of nowhere, 20 minutes before, you know, sitting at nine and 13, 20 minutes before playing the Orioles. I think some of us were hoping Talkman would start this game in place of a struggling Clint Frazier, who still didn't get any hits last night, by the way, it's kind of mm -hmm. insane. Just accepting every day. He's going to be over sucks. It's a bad place to be. Um, I also read that the Giants have been eyeing Talkman for a while. If a smart team like the Giants, who pulls diamonds in the rough like Alex Dickerson and Mike Yastrzemski out of nowhere, has been eyeing someone for a while, they're eyeing them because they're good. Um, and if we're taking 2020 with a grain of salt, if we're like, Talkman couldn't hit a fastball in 2020, he peaked in 2019, but 2020 is not a real season, so ignore those stats. What's real is 19 and 21. Then, okay, great. Why aren't we ignoring Wandy Peralta's 2020, which was his only good season? Um, you can't ignore one and accept the other as gospel. Cool about his advanced metrics in the month of April. Um, the month of April only matters if it's advanced metrics you're trying to sell me on. If it's actual <laughs> statistics like Clint Frazier, it apparently doesn't matter. Uh, the Yankees are 9-13. and 13, April doesn't matter. Oh, Wandy Peralta's 90th percentile and hard hit rate in April? Okay, that's gospel. We love that. Um, so I think Wandy Peralta is someone who probably won't affect the season that much. Then again, said that about Rubnet Odor, and a week later, he's batting cleanup, and his spunky energies changed the Yankees forever. So... Every time I say that a person's not going to matter that much, it becomes an F me like three days later because they've pitched in three straight games, two blowout losses and a blowout win. It's like, oh, Wandy Peralta three days in a row. Got it. Cool. Um, I don't have high hopes. I do think it also does reflect on the fact that, you know, you don't want to burn out the bullpen early. You're going to need someone to soak up innings. That person doesn't need to be a godsend. That person can be someone like Wandy Peralta who has an option, who can go down to Scranton once, who maybe doesn't have to be elite, but can pitch the fifth, sixth, seventh innings instead of Nick Nelson. Cool. 
That being said, the decision not like that person can be good. You can have a good pitcher in that role. A person could be Garrett Whitlock, for example, who's thrown a shutout for the Boston Red Sox in the month of April. Who's the other guy we let go to? What? There was another guy in the rule five that we let go, didn't we? Trevor Stephan to Cleveland. Yeah. Who that was uh, it? Giancarlo hit a bomb off of the other day, but there was also another, seems to be, but there yeah, was another pitcher we either good. traded or got away in the rule five that like could have totally contributed this year. Um, I mean, yeah, we don't know much. We, you know, you and I are just guys, just but guys. you know, we're not the evaluators in the room, but the evaluators in the room chose Albert Abreu, who's thrown like an inning so far this year and is no longer on the roster. Chose Brooks Krisky, who came in at the end of a loss last week and gave up a home run. I, I don't know how he ended up on the major league roster, but he's back off it. Neither of those people seem likely to be big time contributors in 2021. Garrett Whitlock is, is once again throwing a shutout in the middle innings for the Boston Red Sox. Um, seems like he would have been more helpful than Krisky. And at a certain point, you're going to have to look the evaluators in the eyes and go, what? What'd you, you needed Brooks Krisky? You absolutely needed him. You had to keep that guy. Had to had to hold the reservation on Brooks Krisky. Couldn't uh, couldn't give Garrett Whitlock that final spot in the bullpen. Especially Nick Nelson's got options. He, he could work himself out at the alt site. Um, yeah. I don't know. Now I'm talking about the last guy in the bullpen because the, the issue has been raised. The Yankees, the Yankees decided they would rather have a middle of the road lefty reliever take up the last spot in the bullpen than have Mike Talkman as the last spot on the bench. I don't know. I'm not one of those guys. Who knows? All I know is the Yankees prospects for winning the 2019 World Series got much worse when Talkman got hurt at Fenway Park towards the end of that season. They were forced to go to Cameron Maben as soon as Giancarlo Stanton got hurt. Maben's great. Talkman's a little better and definitely was in 2019 that threw off their axis. And that was the one, the Stanton Talkman injury tunnel was the final straw that they couldn't withstand. So sad to see Sockman go Sockman, pretty dumb nickname. Don't really need to hear that ever again, but you know, I'm talking about the last guy on the roster. I would have preferred to be Mike Talkman over Wandy Peralta. That's it. That's the be all end all. Uh, let's talk about someone else who found their way to the bench lately welcome to the bench gary sanchez who started off 2021 silencing the doubters briefly for like a week yep. and then uh like like people smarter people than me have said when gary sanchez is good he's a good he's a gr good catcher and a great hitter when gary sanchez is bad he's just about the worst player in baseball and he's been the worst hitter on the worst team for like three weeks so kyle agashioka has earned more playing time there's no debate on that, right? They have to juggle their playing time with the way both people are playing right now. Simply have to. Uh, I Why do I view this as a problem, though? Because once again, we're misled. We're misled coming into the season. We're told Garrett Cole will not have a personal catcher. We're told, I guess, Gary is going to have some time to breathe and figure things out. And here we are in week four, and it's already changed. Well, it, it actually already changed in week one when when Higashioka caught Cole's second start and has caught every one of his starts since. Um, but now in week four, Aaron Boone is saying that the playing time will be determined on a day-to-day -day basis because Higashioka has earned the playing time. Um, and he has. I, I'm not going to argue with it. I Look, I thought the answer to all of our problems this offseason was to just trade Gary Sanchez. And I don't mean that. It, I, don't, I don't mean that harshly. It just wasn't working out. You could sell me on his half good, you know, 2019. Um, at this point, he hasn't had a good full season in, since 2017. Uh, there's been nothing 
through there that's convinced you that he was going to break out of anything. The last two and a half, three years have been just awful. Another team would take a chance on him. There, there, he's just, there, we don't need another boomer bust bat. I know all everybody talks about is, oh, you have the advantage at the catcher position with a guy as powerful as Gary Sanchez. Yeah, the power's great. All that stuff is certainly uh, enticing, but it's just not coming to fruition while we're watching it. So you, at this point, you have to play a better defensive option in Kyle Higashioka. And guess what? He's now the better offensive option. He has four home runs and six RBIs in his 29 plate appearances. And what does Gary have? Two home runs and four RBIs in his 65 plate appearances. Gary, once again, batting under 200. He's hitting 182 with a 617 OPS. Higgy, 320 with a 1.294 OPS. I know that is very in very limited uh, playing time. He's only seen 11 games and, like I said, 29 plate appearances compared to Gary's 17 games and 65 plate appearances. But when Higgy's taking the field, he started all the ALDS games and he managed to produce. He batted 308 in that series and 896 OPS. So simply at this point, it's the move you got to go with. And guess what? We heard over the weekend, we heard there was a little chatter that the Yankees were a fit for Jonathan Lucroy. And now you have this stuff coming into focus with Kyle Higashioka now on a day-to-day playing time situation with Gary Sanchez. Now, what if the Yankees just decide to, I'm not saying they will, I'm saying, what if we're thinking they decide to just part with Sanchez because now this situation has become untenable for like the third time in three years (laughs) and they start Higgy and they bring in Luke Roy for another veteran option off the bench who can play good defense and maybe produce for you offensively. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but to me, once again, we're learning that there's no spot for Gary Sanchez on this roster as long as this is what he's going to do on offensive defense. And they have to figure out something because it's going to create more distractions than anything else. Yeah, I expect Gary gone. And after the break, I'll tell you why. Join us in one second. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Gary Sanchez is on this team in the second half of the season. Begs the question why he he was tendered a contract this offseason, although it doesn't really it doesn't really beg that question for me. He he was an all-star in 2019. Yeah. He was an all-star caliber bat in 2017. Um, at 6.5 million. I don't care how much money Gary Sanchez is making. I don't care how much money Corey Kluber is making. I'm sure most of you who've listened to this podcast have picked up on this. The fact that Hal Steinbrenner won't go over the luxury tax is the problem. The money approaching the luxury tax is not the problem. Do not shame Gary Sanchez for making $6 million this year. Who cares if Corey Kluber is making $11 million this year? There is no cap. There's no cap. I don't care. I don't care about the money. I care about the philosophy. So I don't care what Gary Sanchez is making, but the people in charge do. Um, he, if you trade him by, you know, June one, you knock 2 million off of that. You, you save $4 million. Not an insignificant sum. Uh, training for Wandy Peralta, by the way, he's making more money than Mike Talkman. So the Yankees are now closer to the luxury tax than they were yesterday uh, by only a small amount. But still, <laughs> come on. Come on, guys. Um, Gary Sanchez, how long is the leash? How long is the damn leash? And Robinson Chirinos is back to catching games. I understand. I understand that the potential behind the plate is significant, and I understand we've seen it. It's more than potential. I just don't understand why the man can't hit a fastball anymore. He used to do damage on fastballs and be victim to breaking balls. Since Here's his number since 2016 on fastballs, including the K rate. 
2016 shortened, you know, second half of the year, he, he burst onto the scene. 311 on fastballs and only 33 strikeouts. 2017, 265 on fastballs, 52 strikeouts in a full, full season. 2018, he, he backslid tremendously. 212 with 41 Ks. 2019, his half all-star season, 240 with 62 strikeouts. Not good enough, but fine. 2020, 175, 31 strikeouts. 2021, 169 strikeouts. He cannot hit fastballs. He can't hit fastballs. He cannot hit fastballs. Can't hit fastballs at all. I think the Los Angeles Angels might come calling. They've got a catcher platoon with Kurt Suzuki as a personal catcher there for Shohei Otani. I don't know. I can't can't do this much longer, and, and I'd rather cut bait in trade than talk extension. That's just me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, look, uh, it's tough in New York. We all know that everybody's held to a higher standard. And Gary was put in the worst possible position um, due to the second half of his 2019, how he followed that up with the short in 2020. And now it's put up or shut up. And the first four weeks of April have not been good for him. It's more of the same. It's the exact. It's in fact, the exact same from last year, except uh, his on base is a little bit better, but his slugging is significantly worse. Same, same ballpark batting average. Same OPS. Uh, he's got 618 last year uh, and 617 this year. So um, I don't like, like, like we've talked about a million times, the catcher position is an advantage when this is not your, the, the, the ethos of your lineup that the Yankees are do or die in every single way with the home run ball. Um, and that's just the way it's going to be. They don't need more of those bats. They decided to go get more of those bats in Rugnet Odor. I know the early returns on that have been somewhat promising, but it's not a formula to beat, you know, a more complete team in a five or seven game series. It's we, we've seen it blow up in our face a multitude of times now. Um, I don't want any more of the drama surrounding Gary Sanchez because it is a contention. It's 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 essentially the same thing as talking about modern day politics. Uh, the people Uh-oh. are divided. <laughs> the people are just divided no matter what. It doesn't matter what the topic is. Somebody has uh, the stance all the way on the left. Somebody has the stance all the way on the right. And there's no discussing it because people get their feelings hurt. They start freaking out. They have all the information that they're armed with that they want to be armed with. And then they're ignoring the other half of it. So I don't want this because once again, like I said, we were misled. We were told kind of that Gary would have time to get his feet under him. And do I think 17 games is enough time to do that? Uh, Probably not. But guess what? When you're when the slide is this bad again, the Yankees simply have to make a decision. And guess what? If the Yankees probably don't start as bad as they do and Gary is producing like this, I think he actually probably gets more time. And and they they kind of avoid the whole thing with Higgy. They just keep letting Higgy be Garrett Cole's personal catcher. And that's the end of it. Um, But now that they had started the season terribly. Now they're 10 and 13, which is still not great, but you know, it's, it's a lot better than we, what we were staring at uh, last week, but six and 11 um, changes need to be made. And you see already, I mean, the, we could get into Boone's lineup changes in, in a, in a few minutes with whatever the hell he's been doing, but um, the pressure's mounting. And when you have players who are performing this poorly, he's already made a number of decisions surrounding Clint Frazier, who, by the way, is slashing 132, 292, 170. So you look at Aaron Hicks, 153, 247, 292. Like this cannot go on for much longer. And having Carrie as another member of that similar stat line in the lineup just can't happen. And his defense on uh, behind the plate just still hasn't justified keeping him in there for more reps than Higashioka. So 
that's where we're at. I don't, I, I think he should be gone for the second half of the year. If this continues, if he's, if he's really not producing in part-time uh, playing time, then, then that just simply has to be it because the Yankees can't have any more headaches as, as we reach the second half of the season. Some people will never learn that you can have an above average season production wise with an extremely low impact of your above average play. That's what Sanchez did mixing in the 2019 second half slide with what he did in the first half in 2020 and 2021. I just refuse to accept that this is the best you can do from the catcher position. Yankees need someone who can frame and someone who can put the bat on the ball. Joe Girardi won series as the Yankees starting catcher. Like, you can do it. It can be done. Let's talk positives, and then we'll end with an Aaron Boone corner because it probably deserves one. Don't let Tuesday's game uh, blot Monday's game out of your ledger. Might have been the worst. Might have been the worst loss of the season for the New York Yankees in many respects. But let's talk about Corey Kluber on Tuesday. Now the Orioles did not throw the best lineup they could have out there, although they probably threw a lineup that they anticipated could deal with Corey Kluber anyway, um, who has not shown the ability to get past four innings this season, who has not shown command nor control. On Tuesday, he did not quite have the control. He did throw, uh, I believe, 62 strikes and 96 pitches, but 96 pitches he was allowed to throw into the seventh inning because he was mixing pitches up. He was dominating. He really was. He he was dominating. Trey Mancini poked a double down the line against him in the fourth, eventually scored on an infield single from Michael Franco. When those guys came back up in the sixth, he had to make some pitches with runners on the corners and one out to get out of the inning. And he did. He did exactly that. He was a starting pitcher. He was allowed to go into the seventh inning. The Orioles did start Chance Cisco at catcher instead of, you know, instead of Santander, that's somebody they had, but and Pat Valeka at short because Freddie Galvis got hurt in the first game of this series. That being said, sat down Cedric Mullins, who destroyed the Yankees in the first game, largely, you know, sat down DJ Stewart, who's been a Yankees bugaboo in the past, sat down Ryan Mountcastle. Kluber was good. Kluber was very good. Uh, at the very least, looked like someone who could be a viable major league pitcher moving forward. When he was good, he was really good, and it lasted. Uh, Kyle Higashioka, do we have him to thank for that? I I don't know. I, I just don't know. Kluber's ERA now down to 4.15, though, and he's a notorious slow starter. Uh, so potentially his April... Uh, after all of that consternation, there's at least a window now where you can open it up and go, maybe his April was just a slow start coming off of two years of not pitching. Last night's start showed us it's possible to be something approximating Corey Kluber. Yeah, that's likely it. Uh, we we were getting him. Everyone was getting impatient, you know, because like you said, we have the people talking money. We gave this guy 11 million. What are you thinking? Yeah, we could have hey, split yeah. X, Y, Z. The money Please. doesn't. Don't let the money enter. your. doesn't matter. Whatever the market was, the market. Would you rather give $10 million to Garrett Richards? I don't know. Fucking I, figure it out yourself. Stop complaining <laughs> about the money. Either way. The pro the, I don't care who's who Kluber is facing because the problem with Kluber was his location, which was not good in both spring training and the first four starts of the season. And the fact that he was leaving balls up in the zone for people to cream major league hitters are going to cream pitches, regardless of if you're, you know, if you're facing the, the uh, a, a, a somewhat not full strength Orioles lineup, or, you know, you're facing the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's that major league hitters are major league hitters. They're going to hit the pitches that you leave up in the zone. And the biggest problems were Kluber not being able to paint the corners as consistently as he has throughout the beginning of his career. Um, and him leaving those, what, those uh, the, the cutters and, and the curves up in the zone to just get absolutely 
destroyed. Um, and he didn't do that last night. There were probably a couple that the Orioles maybe should have taken advantage of, but for the most part, he got, he threw all of his pitches, forcing change up curveball cutter and sinker fairly effectively. And he got 17 swings and misses and he had that longevity with the 96 pitches. So we know that the potential is there, that he's not fully, you know, dead from the last two years or whatever it is. So that was encouraging to see. We're going to need to see a lot more of it, but guess what? What do we need at this point? We need a narrative to distract us from all the, all the annoying stuff that's been going on um, in terms of the Yankees losing in terms of all of these, uh, uh, these middling performances and Kluber was among those people who were in the crosshairs because his first four starts were bad. He had yet to even make it out of the fourth inning last night. He almost goes, goes uh, seven full innings um, and he gets his first win in pitch strikes. So I'll take it. I want to see more of it. And hopefully this is the beginning of a, of a, of a turnaround for, for the veteran. I've always wanted to see vintage Corey Kluber. Yeah. You know, I don't need him to be the two starter in the playoffs. I hope he makes it through the year and I hope he builds on what we saw yesterday. Anybody who wants to say it's just the Orioles can say it's just the Orioles if you want. You know, I don't I don't care. You can say whatever you want to say. I wanted to see it against a major league lineup. The, the Orioles beat the Yankees in the first game of this series. So if it's just the Orioles, but Davey Garcia gives up two runs in four innings, so he's just a kid. He's, he's getting his bearings. Which is it? Does it matter if you can beat the Orioles or does it not matter if you can beat the Orioles? Corey Kluber's lost to people this year. He beat yeah. the Orioles. Move on. Um, Oliver Perez just got DFA. Thomas, you want to trade Mike Talkman for him? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, before we leave, uh, I do think we, we need to go in on Aaron Boone a little bit for his uh, Monday charades. Uh, Aaron Boone does not have a contract beyond this year. Uh, just just reminding you of that fact. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time going, Aaron Boone's the manager of a 100-win team. Where's the extension? Now I think we know where the extension is. I think, I think we need to wait out the 2021 season, see if the Yankees get to 97, 98 wins and make a playoff run, or sneak into the wild card at 91 wins, or flatline and miss the playoffs entirely. There's a wide range of outcomes here, and I think whatever happens does determine Boone's fate Um on Monday, the Yankees could not hit Matt Harvey. I think it's the most embarrassing offensive performance of the year. It made me think Matt Harvey was good briefly. I don't think Matt Harvey's good. I think what I was watching was lower echelon major league pitching. But when his 93-mile-an-hour fastball was moving and darting, I was like, uh-oh, is, is Matt Harvey back? No, major league hitters are, are supposed to be able to handle that. That was the problem. So terrible offense. Davey goes, gets pulled after 65 pitches for whatever reason. You have to laugh. And thank God the Yankees won on Tuesday because, I mean, Monday was laughable. It yeah. was non-progress. It was a complete backslide from what was going on in Cleveland. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, the Yankees go down 3-1. Darren O'Day box. I mean, what is this game? I don't know. It's 4-1. Justin Wilson gave up the second home run of the game. Cedric Mullins, once again, laughable. 4-1 game. Bases loaded, two outs, bottom of the eighth. Yanks are coming back. Gio Urshela rockets one in the left field. Easy two-run scored. Should be some clutch two-out hitting. Should be first and second, two outs. Aaron Judge should have stayed there. Instead, he went to third, got thrown out. Run didn't score. According to the umpires, you determined that the out came before the run. Boone tried to challenge, was told he couldn't. Screamed to the umpire, got ejected. Pretty cool moment, should fire up his team. Well, in the postgame, Boone said, you know, our guys in the booth said the call was right, actually, so I don't know if we would have won the challenge. Anyway, it felt like bullying. Felt like bullying. Did it, it felt like bullying. You felt like you got bullied by a major league umpire. That's what you felt like. I think 
It was relatively unfair. Boone wasn't allowed to challenge. I also think if there's a controversial play with two outs in the eighth inning of either a two or a one run game, you should challenge immediately. I'm not the first one to say this, but maybe in that instance, you need to have a feel for the game. You do not need someone in the booth coaching you on like, um, Aaron, this could be the most important. There's only three outs left. This might be the most important play in the game. You should consider that weigh your options, give it 12 more seconds, but you should probably consider challenging. I don't know who the booth guy is, but let's forget about the booth guy. If we're the bench coach, let's tell Boone to challenge right away. If we're Boone, signal for scream, scream until your lungs are sore. Like I'm doing right now that maybe you need this play looked at by the guys with the headsets. Cause I don't love the way challenge works and replay works in Major League Baseball. But I know if there's a controversial play with two outs in the eighth inning of a close game, that should probably be a challenge-type scenario, and there's no controversy here, and there's no bullying if you just say that out loud before the umpire has a chance to bully you. Yeah, it's it's exact feel for the game, which everyone everyone seems to think that the Yankees have lost because it's the over-reliance on the analytics. I, we don't, I don't really want to get into that because then we'll just start really screaming. Yeah. Um, analytics are good. Move yeah, on. Analytics are good. We don't need it dictating every move that we make in our entire lives. But anyway, the second that there is with how anemic this offense has been in stretches once again on Monday, five innings, shutout, couple hits, nothing. You're getting nothing going and you're going to sit there and wait for the phone call to let you know if you're, what are you saving the challenge for? It's like, it's like Andy Reed saving timeouts. Where, where are you going with them? It's the challenge is there. Use the challenge. It doesn't matter if you're wrong. It do, It's the bottom of the eighth. There's three outs left in the game. If they make a mistake and they call judge safe and the run scores and you have runners on first and third, that's best case scenario, which is pretty damn good. Cause then it's a one run game and you have another uh, capable hitter at the plate. Uh, I think Glaber Torres is coming up next. Maybe he could put the ball in play. Who knows? But there should be no waiting there, especially because, you know, there there are two potential things to challenge, either judge being out or DJ being safe before judges out, which then makes it a one run game. So very quick. I understand he he admittedly he did not get enough time to challenge it. But the umps are probably like uh, if he's not running out of the dugout right now to tell me to like fuck off and I'm challenging this right now, then maybe he doesn't want to challenge it. So let's move on to the let's move on to the bottom of the eighth. Um Anyway, uh, that wasn't even my biggest beef with Boone on the night. My biggest beef with him was taking out Davey Garcia after 65 pitchers through four innings. The entire concept of bringing up Davey Garcia, at least in my opinion, I'm not managing the team, but like you look at what they're doing. They've already substituted two spots in the rotation because the bullpen is taxed and the rotation needs some rest. Nick Nelson got the spot start, which was an absolute disaster. We already knew that was going to be a disaster. We told you. On three separate occasions in a podcast and in two articles that it was going to be a disaster. It indeed was. Then you bring up Davey Garcia. Great. How many times did he give you length last year? Davey went into the sixth. He pitched six full and once uh, one seven-inning outing. Uh, uh, four separate occasions. He went six-inning or beyond last year in his six or seven uh, starts. I don't remember what it was. But he has the ability to give you length. And then in this instance, he has 65 pitches through four, which is what? 16 per inning, which is pretty good. And they take him out and they immediately go to the bullpen. How is this giving the bullpen rest? How is Davey not stretched out at this point after, uh, after what he did in spring training and his outing at the alternate site to not go 80 through five, to not go 85 through six. If he has a quick inning, Davey's a guy who's capable of having a quick inning. We've seen those six, seven, eight pitch innings from him. So that was completely, in my opinion, counterintuitive to bring him up for a start. Then you immediately option him. 
I don't like jerking him around between uh, the big league roster and the alternate site. I think that's the big miss. And then the other one was batting Ruben and Odor cleanup for the second night in a row. What does he do in this spot? Uh, batting cleanup after doing so on Sunday goes 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position. That's essentially the difference in the game. If he can put the ball in play or get a runner across the plate, then we're talking a complete, then the challenge in the eighth inning matters more. Then we're talking, then we're talking maybe not one of the worst losses we've ever seen uh, this season so far. So <laughs> like, just in, like, I don't understand. You have people in the lineup who are faltering Aaron Hicks. How long did it take for him to get bumped from the three hole? Not that I, not, not that, not that I don't like Aaron Hicks. It's like, he just wasn't producing. So you move the guy down. No hard feelings. This is the job. This is baseball. You don't keep that same job if you're not producing. And then Ruben and Odor, very good. Gets two great. He gets a game tying home run and a go ahead homer in the Indian series. And then he gets a promotion from eight, nine to clean up for two games in a row. Like how does that, where is the logic here? It doesn't make any sense. He's still batting under, he's still batting 160. That's not a cleanup hitter. He's, he, he's, his, his spots have come few and far between in terms of production. He is a luxury asset. He is a guy you put in the eight, nine hole because he has that power because he is a lefty hitter because he brings that major league experience. He is not a guy you put in the premier spot in the lineup. I don't care who you're playing. You don't do this against the Orioles. You don't do this against the Dodgers. He stays in the bottom of the lineup where he gives your lineup length where he gives you the experience down there that you need. And that's the end of the story. He should never be batting cleanup. And then, of course, my other beef with him is the whole dishonesty around Sanchez and Higgy, even though I do support Higgy starting because that's how I felt at the end of last year. But, I mean, just level with the fans. Stop with the lying. Stop with tiptoeing around everything. Enough is enough. Thank you. Yeah, and then Rugnado Dor right back to ninth, and the Yankees yeah, win right on Tuesday. Yep, right back to ninth. Um, yeah, this that's why that's why you you pay him the big bucks. Uh, if Davey can't save the bullpen, then maybe the Yankees should hope the Red Sox fall out of it. They could trade some assets for Garrett Whitlock. That's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. We went long because man, what a forty-eight hours in the Yankees universe. Some good, some bad. Only a team that can, only the Yankees can go one and one and elicit all of this uh, from us. Uh, we could have done another hour. We really could have. And we will when Aaron Boone does something else completely nonsensical. I guarantee you, no matter how much momentum the Yankees have, they'll always find a way to have one game in the middle of the season that is just eight giant bold face question marks. We will see you on Friday. Until next time, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews. Drop us those mailbag questions. I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Please head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got all these flame articles up there for you to read. And uh, talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We got another game tonight. We'll be there for it. Uh, Want to hear what you have to say, especially about this Talkman trade. Let's hear more about it, baby. Until then, Pizza Friday's next. Hopefully it's uh, better times ahead for Aaron Boone. Get, get, the man a, get the man a good slice. Why don't you? <laughs> Happy Pizza Friday. See you, Sock Man. We love you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 